What's going on, Outsiders? Welcome to Outside the Mic. I am Jarrett Weimer. And I'm Martin Meyer. This is a podcast where we banter all matters music. We do, mostly. Yeah. How's everybody's week going? On this podcast. On this podcast. That's what we do. I'm doing good this week. How are you all Outsiders doing? We're doing great. Wow. They answered through the... Through the camera? Magical, isn't it? Wow. Truly magical. We, uh... We've had a lot of fun. Uh, we've had a lot of triumph, and uh, we we missed last week's episode. But because we've been working really hard on getting it uploaded uh, to YouTube and making it uh, accessible uh, via video stream, and so we're continuing to work on that. Hopefully, we've got this figured out. Uh, we're just excited to kind of be back into things. We took a little bit of a break. It was great. Yeah, it was actually you know typically prior to going every week with our mini episodes, this is how it's been, but it did seem like a long period of time for us because we had been in the routine of knocking something out every week. Yeah. But yeah, we, we're we going to get there. That's all we can say. When it comes to YouTube, we're, exci- we're excited about the prospects of what that offers and what that offers everybody out there checking it out. And it's just a learning curve, obviously. Absolutely. We're yeah. learning something every day. Yeah. Along with playing some music every day, Nah. And talking about crazy awesome musicians. Well, right on. Every Along day. with that. And bringing you that OTM hard fact, school of hard knock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marty, you got uh, some shout outs for us? Little I got some shout spotlight. outs for us, Jarrett. Uh, not a whole lot. And maybe that has something to do with the fact that we did skip a skip one of the bi-weekly episodes, but we want to thank Lori and we want to thank Theron. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. I I think so. Yeah. For sharing some of the posts that we put out there. You know, we started looking at, and you can take a look at how many people are checking you out. And we've got, we're pretty uh, pleased that it's, it's apparent that we've got 40 to 50 uh, pretty regular, consistent folks checking out the podcast. But if you look at that, and if it looks like it dropped, we're now realizing that we're also getting views on YouTube. So that does apparently seem to be, for some people, the platform of choice. And we're, yeah, once again, not to be too redundant, but we're excited about getting on YouTube. Absolutely. So, yeah. so I'm going to change things up a little bit. Typically, for the mini episodes, I'll do this day in music, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it today. What? Yeah, I'm going to break the rules. Holy. Call me a rebel. Call me. An outsider. Boy, you, you're an outsider. That's right. I do what I want. That's I live brave and bold. Loose and... cannon. They used to call me that in college. Yeah. <laughs> Did they now? Jay the loose cannon, yeah. Did they? I never heard yeah. that story before, Jarrett. Yep. You usually share those kind of things with me, but yeah. Jay the loose cannon. I try not to bring those days up. Yeah. On this day which, which in college music. was that? <clears throat> that's called the School of Hard Knocks. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. On this day in music... August 31st, 1957. August 31st, 1957. Can you guess who I'm going to talk about first? Can I guess who you're going to talk about first? He's he, he's literally every single time we do this, he's the first on the list. Well, and we've talked about him and referred to him in other stories. It's got to be Elvis. That's right. Elvis yeah. Presley, August okay. 31st, 1957. Elvis Presley appeared at the Empire Stadium in Vancouver, Canada. 
This was only the third time ever Presley had performed outside of the US, and for Elvis, it would be the last. 26,000 fans attended the show with tickets costing anywhere from $1.50 to $3.50. His last show? I guess so, performing and, outside of the US. Oh, outside the US. Okay, and where was it again? It was in the Empire Stadium in Vancouver, Canada. In Vancouver, Canada. That's right. Wow, that's interesting. Do you remember where his last, it seemed like last time it said where his last performance was here. And I do remember hearing the Rapid City Civic Center was one of the last venues. I'm gonna go ahead and venture out and say that was his last. Okay. We'll have to fact check that. I will check that as Why don't you use your here? fancy yeah. dancy little computer on this podcast? I do well. Because I had another guess. I was thinking it might have been North Dakota somewhere. Ah, okay. August 31st, 1976, George Harrison was found guilty of some. Okay, let me say that again. Subconscious plagiarism of the Ronnie Mack song, He's So Fine, when writing My Sweet Lord. Are you familiar with that? I am familiar with that, and I do recall hearing something about a mm. patent or no, a patent, a copyright issue with that song. That's a yes. big no-no here in the old music industry. Um, it said earnings from the song was awarded to Mack's estate. The Chiffons then recorded their own version of My Sweet Lord. Am I saying that right? The Chiffons? Yeah, I think that's correct. Sure, yeah. okay. We'll just stick with that. Next up, we've got August 31st, 1984. Purple Rain, the movie starring Prince, opened at cinemas across the UK with special late-night previews. The film grossed more than uh, 80,000... Uh, nope, let me say that again. 80 million US at the box office and became a cult classic. That's a, did you ever see Purple Rain? I did. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Ooh, I almost hit the harmony on that one. Yeah, that's good. That was a pretty cool movie. I wonder it if it would cool. if it would hold up today. If you looked at Purple Rain today, would you still feel like you really enjoyed it? I mean, I think got, I might. They got away with a lot in the '80s, yeah, especially in cinema. So, yeah. you know, in today's world, I I don't know. You've ever, you've done that obviously, and we perhaps have even touched upon that before. But you you're excited because you're going to watch a movie that you haven't seen in years, and you think, "Man, I love this movie!" And then you start watching, and you're like, "What?" Right? Not as yeah, not not as impactful. You know what that uh, the movie that did that for me, uh, and I'm going to you know I'm proud of this. This is fine. Do you had you ever seen the movie Pure Country about George George Strait? I'm I sure maybe you not. have. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Okay, I think it. I think it released late '90s or something like that. Was okay. huge for me as a kid. I used to be really into George Strait when I was just a wee lad, and uh, I watched it again as an adult later, and I'm like, yeah, okay. It's just a classic story of, you know, superstar gets tired of the limelight, so he's like, I'm gonna just live a normal life and quit all of that. Okay. I mean, how many how many movies can be made that way before you're like? Dude, we get it. You yeah. don't, you you don't like this lifestyle of all this money and magic and right. But and you're gonna be humble again and go well. So did he play himself? He did play himself. Oh well, okay. no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. It was a fictional character, but based on his life as a country star. Okay. Yeah, I want to say that the the character's name was Dusty. Oh, the, so it wasn't supposed to the way it was 
presented in the film. It wasn't like this is the story about George Strait. It was just known that that was based on his life. Right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. he st- I mean, I think it was the first movie he starred in. So. And did the dude go back to performing again after he... He did, but with a more of a genuine, Got authentic... It authenticity ah sweet I gotta see that I might have to watch Pure Country and so when you watched it again were you disappointed I remember the music being really magical okay and then listening back I was like this is just 90s country music yeah you know but my my style and my taste has changed obviously so did you ever see Country Strong that's that's the one with um, Gwyneth Paltrow yeah and who else Tim McGraw, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Tim McGraw was yeah. in it. That's right. Yeah. I have seen that one. Good movie, sure. It was all right. I just have to say it was one of those movies we watched with our little guy. And I can't remember who it was recommended this so strongly that I should <laughs> see this movie. And I, it was the type of person where I thought it would probably be like a good family movie, too. And it was really heavy and kind of depressing. Oh, especially for a little guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being about halfway through thinking, okay, maybe it wasn't such a good idea to, to watch it with him. <laughs> but anyway, country movies. Yeah. And in in uh, light of what we were talking about with Elvis, excuse me there, not to change subject, but it's probably a good time to do that, actually. Uh, his last concert, they say, was in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And that's what they're saying on here. I don't know. All right, yeah, I could believe that. That's cool, but what, I mean, one of one of the last was in definitely Rapid City, South Dakota. Yeah, it would be neat to find out, and if I have time to do that without getting too distracted, it would be neat to see what the series of shows was that he did that last tour. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, and I think there was some live footage caught from the Rapid City one, and he did look pretty, pretty miserable. He did really? not look well. Oh my! Very sweaty in a yeah. in a bedazzled jumpsuit. Very, very sweaty. It's like he's, he's, we know he's going to die because he's looking sweaty right Yeah, now. you know all cylinders <laughs> were firing pretty hard uh, that night. Yeah, and sorry, go back back to your, we do have more highlights from this day in history. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll, do, right? uh, I'll do two more. These are good. good. August good. 31st, 1991, Metallica started a four-week run at number one on the U.S. album chart with Metallica. Oh. Self-titled album. The album featured Enter Sandman. One of the first metal songs I learned how to play on the guitar. Sad cool. But True, mm-hmm. The Unforgiven, and, of course, Nothing Else Matters. Oh, yes. Went on to sell over 10 million copies in the U.S. alone. 91? In 10 million. No, that year again. 91, yes. 91, okay. <laughs> uh, 10 million. Numbers? They, say what? 91 records they sold? Not 91 million. Yeah, that was... And that was not their... Like, how far into their discography were they at that point? Do you know? I mean... I'll have to check. That's... Because that was a big one. That was probably their biggest, I I suppose. I would say so. I mean, that's got Nothing Else Matters on it, and that's probably one of the most... Outside of Enter Sandman or, like, Master of Puppets. Sure. That was one of the bigger Metallica songs. Right So that makes sense. Okay, next up. This one's kind of cool. August 31st, 2002, NASA announced that Lance... Bass, it's either Lance Bass or Lance Bass. Um, singer with NSYNC. Have you heard of NSYNC? Yes. Okay, Mr. Lance was to become the first celebrity astronaut. 
you serious? Marty, why are you laughing? That's a very prestigious uh, title. It just sounds so funny. All of a sudden, yeah, we're gonna let's pick this guy and he's gonna be our celebrity astronaut. Yeah. So does that mean he actually well, he was gonna go up in a shuttle or something, right? Yeah. Um let me read okay. here. His twenty three point eight million dollar uh, place on a Russian Soyuz module would make him the youngest person at 23 years of age to go into orbit. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say his last name is Base. Ended up not taking part in the flight after failing to pay for his $20 million ticket on the craft. Oh. So he never did go. Uh, because you got to pay $20 million to you gotta go. You got to pay and... for that spot, pal. This is the first oh, class. Oh my goodness. This so is you... like, this is before first class. That would be an interesting thing to delve into a little more. Like, what's involved? Having to get somebody ready. There's now we're going to call him an astronaut, and they're able to go on the shuttle. But yet, um, where's your twenty million, pal? And if you don't have it, sorry. You're I just want to know. Like, typically, is there a guy at the entrance to the shuttle? Yeah, yeah. Ticket going. Taker. Ticket please. <laughs> ticket please. That'll be twenty million. That's, that's called the shuttle conductor. Excuse me, sir, but if you do not have your ticket, if you cannot cough up the $20 million, you will have to exit near the rear, and you will not pass go, and you will not collect $100. That would be the shuttle conductor. Shuttle conductor. That okay. would be the shuttle conductor. I said that before, but you were I, you were so into it, Jared. I didn't want to interrupt you. Well, that I was, I that was, was playing the yeah. part of the shuttle conductor. Yes, you were. All right. Sorry. <laughs> so that's what we got for that was vision for me. To this day this in music. Day in music history. I like those. It's always, it's always some interesting nuggets to chew on. Little there, tidbits, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm, and sure. it's always Elvis. Uh, he is always the top yeah. of the list. Sometimes I skip him because I'm like, we don't need to know more about. Elvis. We don't need to know that yeah. too. Yeah, you well, know. you know, Elvis was important and historically he always was. doing something. But I'm not saying he wasn't. But yeah, but then also, uh, well, this time we did not get that. There's always been, typically, we've had a few uh, repeats with Rolling Stones and with Stevie Wonder. And, there was a Rolling Stone on, and I did. Skip and you that. skipped it. Way I to will go. tell you that I skipped that. Quite tasteful of you, Jarrett. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. People are gonna start to think we're getting a little pigeonholed here with our stories if we do that. So. Type, type that in your thing. Pigeonholed, yeah. Pigeonholed. I'll type that in my thing for sure. Type that in your thing and type it. Maybe it won't even type it. Maybe it won't even come up. I don't know. What else you got for us, Jarrett? That's it, man. I mean, that's it for this day in music. I have my story. Are you ready for that? Well, it's not really a story. It's more of just, I think we're going to go dive into history a little bit. You're going to like this one. Pigeonhole. There it is. <laughs> She's so, she's so, she's either really like laid back and almost seductive on a few, and then she's just, a few others, she's mean. Pigeonhole. 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 (laughs) Like, you know, watch, we'll get some kind of a uh, flag on our podcast where they'll say that, uh, because Google Girl will say that you have to have, you know, copyright permission or license to be using her voice. That's capital G O O G L. What if she showed up at her door and it was like, sort of like this holographic looking thing and it just went. Pigeonhole, <laughs> stop using my voice on your podcast. Stop using my pigeonhole. <laughs> we are here to enforce copyright laws. Yeah, I Thank wouldn't be surprised. Much. Yeah. Well, I could dive into it if you're ready. Uh, that'd be good. I got a little nuggety thing, and that's I think it'd be better towards the end. Let's go into the meat. Dive okay. into the meat. 
So big burger. Yeah. Burger King. Yeah. So comma. Mm-hmm. That's what I have written here. Oh, great. What I'm going to talk about today is uh, it's pretty neat. And um, I like neat stuff. It's not necessarily about a specific artist to say, uh, but it's definitely per se. It's yeah, per se to say you mm-hmm. Grammy not grammar Nazi. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely like a it's a piece of entertainment history that I think we all should know. Oh well, if we all should know, then by all means proceed. And I have before we start, I have to give credit to my wife. She's the one that gave me the idea. In fact, she gives me a lot of my ideas. She's a pretty good supporter and pretty creative uh we should do, we should do an episode where our wives host the show i was just gonna suggest maybe easton <laughs> sit in for you sometime excuse me i'll just move over to the back please exit yeah. out the back so if you do not have your 20 million dollars it'd be funny to do the two of them mm-hmm. and then change it up to where you do one with elsa and then i do one with easton that'd be kind of funny now, i don't know if would they be would be they might not be up for that, in that. yeah yeah maybe yeah, yeah 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 so, Marty. Do one with Griffin. That'd be good. Yes, Jarrett, I'm here. Have Paying you, attention. Yes, listen Focus. to me now. Listen. Have you ever heard of the 27 Club? Have you heard about the Lonesome Loser? 27 Club. Yes, in fact, we touched upon the 27 Club in a prior episode. I oh, believe it was yeah. in season one. That's right. Okay, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I just thought... Because you are, you're always talking about death. <laughs> Am I always talking about death? You Jeez. often inquire about the death of past OTM features. So, I think you're pigeonholing me here. <laughs> <laughs> pigeonhole. I'm not sure that's accurate. Shut it, Google uh, girl. Okay, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, I'm. I have a fascination. with No, that. but this yeah. is actually pretty fascinating, and it's and it's kind yeah. of it's a combination. Well, it's mostly conspiracy, but it's also pretty fascinating. So let's just let's just go into it. So for those who don't know, it's about they died when they were 27, right? Why do you got to give it away? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> what I'm is sorry. The I shouldn't have done you? that. I was just trying to remember what it was about, but. It's about I'm sorry, 27 Jared. different people. Yeah. They all wrote the same song and the then at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So I'm okay. sorry, folks. The 27 Club is a cultural phenomenon. See, I even wrote a perfect definition for it, and you're just like, that's when they died when they were 27. I'm just trying to make you look good. Thank you. Yeah. Listen to these long words that I use. just okay. did it for you. Right. The 27 Club is a cultural phenomenon surrounding a, quote, statistical spike in musicians, artists, actors, and even athletes. The phenomenon is centered around uh, these famous people or, or otherwise considered celebrities who are noted for uh, like a high-risk lifestyle, but ultimately dying um, at the age of, yes, you guessed it, 27. Oh, okay. okay. So, Here are a few facts about members of the 27 Club. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was looking at the actual video monitor and then uh, dimming my screen to see what kind of a difference it made. But at the same time, being very close attention. Are you testing things during a live video? Yeah, we're so intimate with our listeners, we can do those sort of things. We're intimate with them, are we? Yes, we are. Okay, so 
the first one on the list. So again, just to recap, these are famous people that have, um, and I think I grabbed mostly uh, musicians, but it's not just limited okay. to musicians. It's also actors. Oh, well, I already learned something new. Athletes. I thought it was just musicians. But okay. they all die at the age of 27. Hmm. And not all of them, but most, you're going to like this, but most as a result from substance abuse. Okay. Or, or overdose. Okay. Um, we're going to start strong. Member number 15, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix. Jimmy was 27. Died September 18th, 1970 at the age of 27. The autopsy found the blues rock guitar player ingested nine Vesperax sleeping pills, which is considered 18 times over the recommended dose. Why would you do that? He wanted to go to sleep. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But if you were to speculate, you'd have to think that he was experienced with taking a handful of them already. But that's 18 times. I mean, you're deliberately saying I'm I want to go. There's no going back. Yeah. And wow, that makes it almost makes it suspicious. Suspicious minds. Name Name that artist. That artist is Tom Jones. Well, I was thinking Elvis Presley. Oh, we really? can go on together. Did Tom suspicion. Jones no, do that too? Probably, you're probably right. It's probably Elvis. I'll check. You I'm pretty continue. dang sure. Yeah. Um, Jimi Hendrix. I mean, obviously, is is one of the most popular and uh, remembered guitar players because he did a lot of things. With his guitar and with his tone and his sound that was was really before his time, mm-hmm. uh, we can duplicate and and replicate those sounds today with different uh, effects, effects boxes and, yeah. and such. Yeah. But he did it with essentially, you know, I, I think they did have pedals back then. I'll have to check. But uh, he was doing a lot of things with just guitar and amp that we we today. Like I said, use effects and spend thousands of dollars trying to replicate this sound that he had, but he just did it with old gear. It's pretty fascinating. Wow. He played with his teeth. He played behind his head. He kind of would be able to get a phaser noise. He lit his guitar on fire. He was probably responsible for kind of doing all of that. Does that help him get his sound when he lit that guitar on fire? Yeah, it kind of it kind of made it a little crackly. <laughs> Hendrix used a variety of pedals, guitars, and amps over okay. his career, but he is most well known for his iconic white strat strung upside down. Yes, I was just about to touch about that. So okay. he's known for he's a left-handed guitar player. All right. But when he first started, he could not afford obviously, and they, and they're pretty they. They're pretty rare back in the day, left-handed guitars. Sure. So he would string a right-handed guitar backwards. Oh, wow. So he, there's famously, he plays a Fender Stratocaster. Yeah. And he plays it upside down. So the headstock, where the tuning keys usually face up, well, on all of the pictures with Jimi Hendrix, they face down. So there's even people nowadays, Doing right-handed that. people, with, that will buy huh. Strat necks with the head backwards just to be like Jimmy. I had, I, this is the, amazing because I've seen, there was a documentary, I'm pretty sure it was, it either was strictly about Jimmy or it was a lot about Jimmy, but I don't even remember hearing about that then. I, maybe I forgot, but that, this is like new to me. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Very cool. Here's a couple more things just about Jimmy, then we'll move on. Um, just a year before he died in 1969, Hendrix played Woodstock. Mm-hmm. We just talked about that, I yeah. think, last episode. 
And he was the highest paid musician to headline at the festival. And guess how much he made? Just guess. This gotta keep oh, in mind. This I is like 1969. This, yeah. And he was the highest paid. Highest artist? paid. Okay. So, uh, did they play more than once? No, they just appeared. I think he just appeared one and... night. It was a three. It was over a weekend, three day festival. I bet he got five grand. Wow. No, you're low. Okay. I, see, I'm going low on purpose. On purpose. I was so, going to go with 10, and then I'm like, I'll go low. Well, so you were close there. He made roughly $18,000. Okay. Okay. And they said that would be somewhere close of estimating like close to $100,000 today. Oh, sure. For one yeah. show. Yeah. And then that's what people would get for something equivalent to that today. Yeah. But uh, $18,000. Yeah. Wow. So then I'm like, well, there was a lot of pretty cool 60s bands that played at that festival. I wonder yeah. what they got paid. And I'm sure maybe it was something like five grand or something like Which back in the day, heck yeah, that's a lot of money. But today, that yeah. doesn't seem like that, you know, yeah, nobody, you had, you none of, no names. musician would play. I should yeah. say no musician. No famous star would play for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm just still saddened by the thought that he was so young. Too. 27 i'm 25 27. so it's kind of like yeah i want to live a long time 27 is just around the corner well i made it past there at least you so. did great <laughs> you're the healthiest man i know oh yeah thank you okay moving on mm-hmm. so this is member number 16 right after Jimi hendrix literally janice joplin i was just thinking about her when you mentioned woodstock so, well yeah. listen to this she died october 4th 1970 just 16 days after Jimi hendrix Weird. And she was 27 as well, obviously. Yep. Weird. Okay. And again, she died from drug overdose. This time heroin. But there's some... There's some... Heresy? What's what's the word I'm looking heresy? for? Heresy? Heresy. That's okay. the one. Um, around that, because they said... This is kind of funny, but they said that... It's believed that she had been dealt a bad batch of heroin. Because several of her dealers also died the same week that she had OD'd. Wow. Apparently OD'd on heroin, but it could have just been a bad batch of... So... Or maybe a combination of both. Because you... Obviously, a, a, a an, autopsy, an autopsy would show mm-hmm. if someone OD'd on something. If there's large amounts of heroin in their system would assume it would and if it was like laced with something else maybe they would have been able to detect that too and maybe not because i mean what's bad bad heroin it's like i got a tummy ache i took some bad heroin i don't know right that's all bad heroin will give you so bad yeah (laughs) just a little tummy ache and then i'll be fine (laughs) later on it's been my experience no yeah Um, yeah um Couple of cool. Well, just one more fact about about her before we move on. Um, I did not know that that there was uh, any controversy surrounding her overdosing. And was Jimmy, uh, in according to his they autopsy, were both at Woodstock, right? The but year before, did, was it just the sleeping pills? Was there no alcohol or anything else in his system? At ah, the time? maybe there is, but probably just not enough to say like, yeah, that's what killed okay. him. You know, gotcha. Um, here's what's cool. Uh, Joplin's funeral was a unique... About all these deaths. This is cool. (laughs) This this is cool. I know you'll like this. Uh, Joplin's funeral was a unique celebration of life. Written in her will, she dedicated $2,500, and again, that's a lot back then. Yeah. To specifically specifically to a party um, to be held in her honor. The Mm -hmm. party took place at the Lion's Share Club in San Anasimo? 
San Anicimo. San Jacinto? No, it's got no, there's no T in it. San Anicimo, California. Have you ever been there? Folks, we both lived in California, but I just kind of hung out in L.A. Marty did many okay, things with his life. Right. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. And so I'm It's close. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's what you yeah. get for reading. I'm sorry if there's anybody that lives there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely let us know. Yeah. Um, there was an open bar, and the Grateful Dead were the entertainment for the evening. Wow. So that's cool. That's kind of what I want to do when I die. It's like, yeah, you remember me, but go have yeah. fun. So she had this all... She had it planned out. Planned out in, in her will. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Way to go, Janice. Have a party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever see that movie, The Rose? About Janice Joplin? Yeah. I don't think I have. You should watch that sometime. Who played her? It was, she was played by Bette Midler. I don't know who that is. You, good. I don't heavens. know anything. <laughs> I'm sheltered. Carry on. I watched Pure Country, a movie about George Strait's life. You're a little pup. You, you, you seriously have never heard of Bette Midler? Never heard of Bette Midler. I love these generation chasms. <laughs> does, oh, yeah. Does, this is good. What's her name? Bette? Bette. Does Bette Midler Bette. play Bad Mitten? I think she does. Say that five times. Yeah. <laughs> Member number four. That's not fast enough. Go ahead. Member number four. Yeah. Robert Johnson. Oh, okay. We talked about him before. We talked on the show. about him, yeah, yeah. and believe it or not, he's not the oldest one on the list. I think I have the list, and, and if you're interested, I'll tell you um, the first and the last so far on the list. And that, the oldest one, as the far first as how long ever ago. person that they found that they've been able to pin that died at the age 27. of twenty-seven. Got it. Okay. As far as musician, and I think most of it does circle around music and being a musician, but they have also included. Now actors and athletes. Cool. Member number four, Robert Johnson, died August 16th, 1938 from unknown causes. Hmm. Back then, um, they just didn't keep track of that stuff. Um, as good as they should have, I should say. They did keep track of, of causes of death, but probably just not as good as well as they should have. Okay. Um, he died from unknown causes. However, a medical, medical experts say it's possible that johnson suffered from congenital syphilis okay yeah i remember i remember that coming up yep we yeah. i think we even talked about that it's yeah. a, a type of syphilis that is passed down from childbirth and, and can lead to deformities and damage their bones teeth ears and brain okay so we're thinking that had probably something to do with that and it was passed down from his mother right um, a cool fact about Robert Johnson, though he did not sell much of his music while he was alive, a two-CD set was released in 1990 and sold over 500,000 copies. Wow. So. That's cool. This is the man that, at yeah. the crossroads, sold his soul to the devil to play music. Yeah. And uh, and didn't get a penny for it until after he was long gone. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't he have been pleased to know right. that, that sold that many? That's pretty cool. Right. Next one up, we've got member number 65, and this is the last one that I'm going to do. Um, okay. Member number 65. Is, you're saying these are obvious, 65 on the list. How many people are on the list? Um, I can check that for you just after. Let's do this one, and I'll check that. Um, Amy Winehouse died July 23rd, 2011 from alcohol poisoning. Okay. It is said that she went on a binge after a short period of being abstinent from her addiction. Um, it is reported that the auto autopsy found her... I can't say autopsy today. Uh, it found her you blood... You can say it. I'll let you. Autopsy. 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 The autopsy. <laughs> the autopsy. 
see why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Found her blood alcohol content to be 416, which is more than five times over the legal limit to drive. Wow. That girl put it down. Man, oh man. A couple things about Amy Winehouse. Amy's first job was a celebrity reporter for World, World Entertainment News Network. Her first tattoo was of Betty Boop, and she got the tattoo of the at the age of 15. Okay. Are you eating? <laughs> no, I'm not. Why must you eat during a podcast? I'm, I'm not eating. Is all of this Jared. all of this death talk making you hungry? Makes me Martin? hungry. Yeah, I think I'm. Are you a vampire? Them. No. So I'm not another even, but... notable um, musician that's on the list, and I'm just going to talk about this real quick, is actually Kurt Cobain. Oh. Um, and he played his his death played an inter- interesting part in the history of the 27 Club because it wasn't until 1994 when Kurt Cobain died at the age of 27 did the 27 Club really come to light. Uh, the wiki page that I got this from uh, gives partial credit to Cobain's mother, who during an interview said, Now he's gone and joined that stupid club. I told him not to join that stupid club. Told him not to, to join that stupid club. It's which like, is Kurt, funny. Don't join that club. <laughs> if it wasn't publicly known, this 27 Club, yeah. yet her and her son, a, a famous punk rock yeah. star. Yeah talked about maybe this was something that was talked about amongst the celebrities amongst people uh, famous well it has been known for a while though, well right? but, no it, it it wasn't really publicly known it wasn't really sought after until this then somebody made the connection that there's all okay. these deaths and when did that happen 1994 it wasn't until 94 that that okay yeah. i didn't realize that. and when did kurt cobain die 1994 Oh, in 94. Yeah, after and his death. And, and was he, a, there wasn't any uh, overdose. He, it was a suicide. He shot right, himself. right. So I'm, I'm a little confused. I'm just clarifying here. So that's when he committed suicide, and that's when they started talking more about the 27 Club? Yes, Is that that exactly. Time? You got okay, it. Okay, got yep. it. I thought this was that somebody had made this. I wonder who gets credit with making this observation originally. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of 27-year-old people on there. If there's that big of a list, that's kind of crazy. There, there is that big of a list. There, I will say, there's probably close to 100 people on what? this list. Yeah, the first, and I don't have them numbered, but the first gentleman on the list is Alexandre Levy, um, and that was date of death January 17, 199, no, 1892. I'm sorry, unknown cause of death. He was a composer, pianist, and conductor. Mm-hmm. And desired, yeah, died at the age of 27 years, 68 days. And the last gentleman to be on the list, not that it's pertaining to just um, males. There's males and females, obviously, on this one. Um, Fredo Santana, he died January 19th, 2018. Hmm. But really no drug overdose, cardiovascular disease, and idiopathic epilepsy. He was an American rapper. Okay. So he's the, but I mean, they've had all through the 2000s, there's been people added to the list and a lot of them are, well, some of them are associated with substance abuse, road accidents, murdered, heart failure, um, cardiac arrest. I mean, it's not pertaining just to that, but I would say the majority of them is because either suicide or drug overdose, substance abuse. I knew you were going to think that. I am fascinated. Speaking of death, and then we can get rid of this. Don't bring me down, down, <laughs> down, down. Uh, Jack, do you, have you ever heard of Jack Morris Sherman? Sounds familiar. Tell um, me more. 
He was, I had not, I've heard the name, but if you would have uh, tried to uh, get me to guess who he played with, I wouldn't have known, but he was an American guitarist known as the second guitarist to have joined the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. Uh, so his, it said in between Hillel or Hill, I forget how you say that other guy's name, but uh, he played on their debut album and he co-wrote much of their second album. He hmm. died on August 18th. So at the age of twenty-seven, did not. No, he was he was sixty-four. Oh, August, actually. Oh, so just yeah, recently yeah. is what yeah, you're I'm just saying. saying this oh, was recent death, okay, so. okay. So this is current 64. events. Oh, well, that's yeah. so sad. But on it, there's a link underneath that that says the twenty-seven club. Oh, yeah, they put in there. So, wow, yeah. Well, that's that's neat because I know we had touched upon that before, and I always, after that episode, always thought I would probably look into that some more because I found it fascinating because my birthday's on the 27th as well. Whoa. Yeah. How about that? But um, what, when's your birthday day again? What's the... The 13th. 13th. So you had your golden birthday when you were 13. I already had. Yeah. My It's, yeah. it's funny that you bring that up. My wife and I are just talking about this because our cousin on her side, he's mm-hmm. his golden birthday's coming up and we're, we're going to miss it. Um, but uh, we wanted to go celebrate with him because it's his big golden golden year. Yeah. Um, and I said, "Well, oh, dang! You mean my? I peaked already. Yeah. I had my golden birthday at thirteen. Who does this? Yeah. I'd hate. Who's who's when they have your birthday on like the first? I mean, that would stink. <laughs> uh, so. That that would. I'm trying to remember if I did anything really special because twenty seven is kind of a you know, cool age to be to celebrate your golden birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely don't remember having any near-death experiences yeah. <laughs> during that day because <laughs> I don't good. I don't qualify. But uh, you are not a part of the twenty seven. No, part. I would have been in. I would have been in California at the time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Gee, that's kind of interesting. I don't really recall. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. So that's it. That's the 27 Club for all of our uh, outsiders and Martine go. interests. We don't of have Lida. A, not murder, death. Yeah, we're getting. We, we don't have anything specifically outside the mic, uh, according to our original definition of that term. Because I brought something today that I just think is kind of a fun thing. To it's more of an observation uh, in music, and how I got to thinking about it was a, a song came to mind the other day, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the song. Uh, it's Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime. Have you ever heard that? No. It was originally by the Corgis, and I believe it was in like 1982 or uh, something. Ah, yes, the Corgis. Oh, it's all see, coming that, back yeah, to that popped it in for you, didn't it? No, I have no idea. Everybody's gotta learn sometime. Ba, da, da. Sing it, Marty. Everybody's gonna Does take it, it away. A, that doesn't sound familiar to you at all. Um, no, no, I don't think so. Maybe I know we we looked at something and we'll just see how this works because you can play. Um, I guess maybe we're gonna try to just play ten seconds. I'll just play a little bit of it for you and see if you recognize it. And some of our outsiders might recognize it. And then I'll tell you where this led me on my little quest. I'm interested now. Look around you. That's a little more than 10 seconds, but... It will astound you. 
it will astound you. That's interesting. Early 80s, they mm. were just starting to get that very, uh, that was that electric, almost like a DX7 kind of a keyboard yeah, sound or something. Yeah, the big reverb voice. Oh, yeah. Big time da, reverb. Your heart. Well, I liked that song. It was always a catchy tune, and I always just liked the the hook. Everybody's got to learn sometime. Bam, bam, bam. And then I got to thinking about it because I'm listening to it, and the second verse was the same as the first verse. Oh. And then there's that little chorus, and I'm like, that song was a, a big hit, and it barely had any lyrics in it. Oh, so you're saying it repeats. Yeah, it actually says, change your heart, look around you, change your heart, it will astound you. I need your loving like the sunshine. And then it goes into, and everybody's got to learn sometime. And it, that's its chorus. And second verse, it was, <laughs> it just kind of cracks me up because from a songwriter's perspective, when you might find yourself struggling with lyrics now and then, you know, how often would you just go, can't think of a second verse, who cares? I'm just going to do the same thing again. And that's what happened. On that song. Well, uh, I've been doing this all wrong then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Someone once told me that it's like, okay, you write your song and you should almost swip, swip swap. Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> you should swip swap your first spit swap spit swap no we don't spit swap but you should flip your editing maybe (laughs) your you should flip your first verse and your second verse around because nine times out of ten your second verse is better than your first oh i have heard that i've I've heard to try that especially if you're struggling or you kind of run into a little bit of a uh Downtime where just things aren't flowing anymore. It's like try, well, is try it, swip swapping. Is it, see what happens. Swip swapping away. Uh, you heard that song? <laughs> yeah, no, we'll have to look that one up. See how many lyrics are in that song too. Yeah. So really, so short. So how many? I mean, do how many words total? Or I mean, how many stanzas is there? Just it's oh, just you would ask me on that the, one because on some of these, I have some other examples because that led me on a little quest looking for songs that have very little lyric. Ah. I'm gonna say there's probably no more than if you if you talk about the actual words that they say, and I found this interesting because people who are um, who have observed this before. They'll either talk about unique words in the song, like mm-hmm. how many unique words. So if you say change your heart, that's just three words. And But if you say it again, some of them count that as six words because that's how many words were it's spoken um, in the entire song. Oh, uh, no, so, I'm saying like... Yeah, just, unique like unique words. Yeah. 12, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 20, 21, 22... It's like something like 22 words, unique Jeez, words. In the I song. could do that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And uh, there's, uh, and it got me to thinking because I do recall somebody at one point in time, I used to cover the song, You Are So Beautiful, you know, the Joe Cocker. You are so beautiful <laughs> to that, me. That's the one, Jared. Marty, you're the keep, keep going, Jared. You want to sing that whole song? Um, Shamely, that's the, Shamely. Where is these words coming from? Shamefully, I do not where, know anymore. Where is this coming from today? I just can't talk today. There's something I mean, about, I mean, uh, I haven't had anything to drink. No. And I just not. cannot talk at all. Well, it was a hot What day did Jack again. Black say on that movie? Tip of the tongue, teeth on the lips. Yeah. <laughs> What's that I from? I need to do some exercises. Be right back. Do you know who wrote You Are So Beautiful? Stevie Wonder. 
Billy Preston. Okay. Billy oh. Preston and Bruce Fisher. I had to look I that up. I was close. Because I love that song, and I always have loved that song, and I always just associated Joe Cocker with that song. But somebody at one point in time said, there's only 16 words in that song, You Are So Beautiful. Really? And sure enough, if you look at that, and they're talking about unique words again, because he says, You Are So Beautiful to Me, repeats it, You Are So Beautiful to Me, and then it's, Can't You See? You're Everything I Hoped For, You're Everything I Need. Boom, that's the song, You Are So Beautiful to Me. And that was a huge hit. Why am I working so hard at this thing, Exactly. Marty? See, this is a big breakthrough <laughs> for us, Jared. That's what I'm saying. I, I struggle with lyrics sometimes. You want to know, guess which, and I didn't, you know, I'm sure this is something that I could exhaustively research and find there's exhaustively? more. Exhaustively? Is that a word? Exhaustively. That is a word, Jared. Of Better course ask Google Girl if exhaustively no, is a I'm word. I'm pretty sure. You, while I'm looking that up, you guess how many... The one that I found with the least amount of lyrics, how many words are Okay, in is that this song? uniquely or, or uh, unique words? Unique words, yes. not number of times they've appeared, right? Uh, no, it wouldn't it, if they repeat a word that I'm gonna count. I'm gonna pull a Marty and I'm gonna go super low. I'm gonna say like what, like five, ten maybe? Exhaustively. Oh, it's a word. <laughs> it's a word. You're gonna say five or ten. Because yeah. I said 5,000 or 10,000, you'll say 5 or 10. Yeah, Very yeah, original, yeah. Jared. Yeah. yeah, I like to copy you. Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah, my, hero. Always. You're my hero. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to tell you that this is what shocked me the most. The, the song that I found with the least amount of lyrics, and it's hardly a song. It's an oh. interesting little... Can I guess real quick? Diddy. It's by... Frank Zappa? No. Oh. Not Frank. It's the Beatles. It's the Beatles. The Beatles? They had a song with two words. Two words? Two words. What is it? The song is called, the title has more words than the song does. The song was called Wild Honey Pie. And basically the whole song, they just say honey pie, honey pie, honey pie. And then in the end, wait, I take that back because the lyrics I found, uh, I was referencing a story that said it had two words in it. But on the lyrics I found at the end, it says, I love ya. So that'd be five words. Honey pie, I love Boom. That. Dude, I just, I won you that. Got what it. Do, yeah, you got it. What's my prize? What do I get? That's right. You would have won that then. Is it okay. this sticker? The original algae, New Earth. That is your Not official sponsors. Official prize. Are you could have one of these little <laughs> wafer thin cookies. I was I prefer not to eat on and air. Grab, but I didn't eat any. I was just making sure you were watching uh -huh. to see if I was supposed to eat or not. Sure. Okay. So apparently, and this fascinated me because you think of the Beatles as being some pretty incredible lyricist, correct? Yes. I would say so. So on the Abbey Road album, there was actually four songs which it, it had very little lyrics. Uh, you know the song, I want you, I want you so bad. Oh, yeah. I want you. 13 unique words in that song. That's it. Want you so bad, it's driving me mad, it's driving me mad. And then the end, it goes into the transitions into She's So Heavy. Mm. Uh, Her Majesty, uh, a little ditty that was on there that had. And I think this, when it says 45, I think they're actually talking about spoken words instead of unique words. That one was like this little poem, Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she changes from day to day. <laughs> I want to tell her that I love her a lot, but I got to get a belly full of wine. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl. Someday I'm going to make her mine. Ooh. So that one was a little, it was kind of like just a little poem. He wants to be king. Yeah. Very good, Jarrett. Yeah. yeah, you're paying attention now. Mongo know how to story. Yeah, very good. Mongo smart. <sighs> I'm going to start calling you that. Mongo angry. 
Can you guess of any off the top of your head? Can you think of any songs that yeah. might strike you as having very little lyrics? Look up this one. Remember, oh, the, the well, song? I got some more, but I'll look well, it up look too. at mine because that's important. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember that. Yes, remember that Gary. song, and I can't tell you the band. The song War. Yeah. <gasps> good God. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. War. Yeah, good. That one, might not have because I think he just repeats that over and over again, doesn't he? I think you might be right there on that one. That would be very war, huh? Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. War, huh? Yeah. What is it good for? Uh, but then it goes on to say, "Oh, war, I despise because it means destructive destruction of innocent lives. War means tears to thousands of mothers' eyes when their sons go to fight and lose their lives." Yeah, there's more. It actually, but who actually listens guess, to that though. part? Because all Whoa. I remember is that's little Elvis. <laughs> no, but that was that was pretty legit, dude. I always liked this line from that saying. It said, "I said war, huh? Good God!" And I thought it was y'all, but it's good God, why all? That's what oh. it says. Good God, y'all. Good God, why all? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, that one goes on to actually... Uh, so I was wrong? Yeah, it's a little bit more... What about the Frank Zappa, the one that... Is it Frank Zappa or is it the police? I, do, <laughs> I always do, get them do, confused, da, too. Da, da. Yeah, that was the police. Yeah, how many, how many does that have? That's all I want to say to you. No, that has more lyrics. Oh. Yeah. There's a, a Rita's Aritas Coritas or something like that, Frank Zappa. I don't even try to Google because I no, tried to Google to. that one. But... Yeah. I think that one is actually just all instrumental. Never mind. I'm okay. going to just stop That's talking. Enough I obviously don't enough know guessing <laughs> for you, Jared. I did like your guess on war because that would have been a good. That was a good. Yeah, that was, was a, good, a good try, laddie. And it makes me want to listen to war to hear how those rest. Because I can't think of the verse or the melody in me head right now. No. So I'd have to check that, that out. That song always makes me. Sorry to go off on a little tangent here. No, but it's that, fine. that song always makes me think of. If, did you ever watch the movie with your kiddos, Small Soldiers? I don't believe I have, Small but soldier. I do recall. Was that like little claymation you guys or no? No, they were actually like little action figures that came alive. Okay, so kind of like claymation though, but it wasn't real people. It was... They were real action figures. This was a live action movie. <laughs> and guess who? Okay. Tommy Lee Jones played Cadet, whatever his name was. Yeah. And that song was on there. I'm not going to sing it again because we've all heard me sing yeah, it. Yeah, we have already several times. But so. And then there was like Corrigan or or whatever, the, hmm. the good guys, and they were all from like nature and they were animals and they were weird. But then it, the bad guys were like the cadets and they were like they were soldiers and stuff. You got to watch it. It's a really I, was good it, movie. Uh, is it PG? It is. And it it probably is. I don't know. Is from What's it called again? Small Soldiers. I might have to check that one out. You might have to check that out with Griffin. He might like that I would think he would like that Or this is going to be a perfect example of... take a note, yeah. This could be an example of... Here, right here, I got you. Of a uh, movie where it was really good back in the day, and then you watch it again, and it was not so good. Oh, yeah. Well, that might be. So maybe he'll enjoy it, though. I might have to check out the trailer on that just to see before I go. So uh, stumbling upon a really neat little story with some of the rest of these. I'll just give you some other examples. Okay. Uh, that uh, go along this list of just very few lyrics. You had You Are So Beautiful. You had Pink Floyd had Is, is There Anybody Out There? And, is There Anybody Out There? Yeah, and that's essentially all that song said. And then it was like, ah, is there anybody out there? Uh, everybody's got to learn sometime. We talked oh, about that one. I got another one. 
Okay. I'm sorry, but this is a fun game, Marty. Yeah. Listen, there's a German song called Du hast mist. <laughs> I don't think I said it right, but I think all he says is Du. Du hast. Du hast mist. <laughs> If, well, don't buzz me because you don't even know the whole it story. It sounds like a German version of war. You're just well, it's that a up. very violent okay. song, and I think there might be more words in it. But but look it up real quick. Du hast. Du, du hast? Yeah. Do you know how to spell that German boy? D U. Okay. Hast. H A U S T. Du hast. I don't actually know. But for you, anybody who knows that song, song, I could. Yes, it is. Du hast. Song du by Ramstein? Ramstein, that's the one, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep, okay. yep, 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 yep. See if there's a lyric for that. There is. Du hast. <laughs> but don't do the translation. Uh, I think it's really bad words. I can't find it's It says it in German. I think it's like a German website. Where did you ever hear this song before? You should play it real quick, just a little bit. Sosem tu juk mer, sosem er juk oge mert, mert. You, this episode probably lyrics. just is going to get flagged as explicit because I I'm think those say, are really bad words. Too many. Oh, is it? I think so. Well, there's not any Germans listening to us right now. Anyway. Well, there but, might uh, be. Well, I you would never know that. I would like to listen to it, but I don't know if we can afford another 10 second copyright violation. That's uh, true. We're but making... I do want to. I do want to hear a little bit of it. We're really getting off the beaten path i'm yeah, sorry but, but this was okay. really you did a really good job this was interesting this was, well, in, no, this was intriguing Watson. yes it's very intriguing and it, it's very uh inspirational as far as like hey, i'm gonna write a song with 12 words you know what my it. favorite uh, expression has always been uh du hast no no i can't find a version to play so you tickled what? my fancy ah you tickled my fancy you tickled I, more fancy very good well i'm glad that okay I go ahead and do your list i'm tickle sorry your fancy jared one of the songs that popped up was uh, Iron Maiden in a Gata de Vida, honey. Oh, yeah. Have you, okay. you, yeah, you yeah, heard yeah, that yeah. song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a Gata de Vida, honey. Mm -hmm. Don't you know that I'm loving you? That has about 20 words, maybe, in oh, it. Wow. It's basically, don't you know that I'm loving you? In a Gata de Vida, baby. Don't you know that I'll always be true? Oh, won't you come with me and take my hand? Oh, won't you come with me? And walk this land. Please take my hand. Do you know what Inna Gada Davida means? Inna Gada Davida. Yeah. Do you know what it means? I uh, know. Uh, I got a headache. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's something like that. So apparently the song was written uh, in the early days of Iron Maiden by drummer Ron Bushy. Um, organist vocalist Doug Engel, well, no, I'm sorry. Doug Engel wrote the song one evening while drinking an entire gallon of Red Mountain wine. Holy buckets, a gallon? Yeah, a whole so, gallon by himself. That's what it says. So when the inebriated Engel then played the song for Bushy, who was the drummer. Bushy. Bushy wrote down the lyric for him, and he was, he was uh, uh, Doug was slurring his words so badly, and uh, he was supposed to be saying, in, a, in the Garden of Eden. And it was, in, it, it was interpreted by Bushy as in a Gata de Vida, and they liked it so much they just kept it that way. Are you that serious? Funny? Seriously. So there again, too. Let's just get, let's drink a couple bottles of wine and make it a goal to write a 12-word song, and we'll see how that turns well, but out. Well, that's not even a word. Gata de Vida. Honey. How can you drink a gallon of wine? I drink two glasses, Ooh, and I'm like... Doggy, can you imagine? Yeah, my wife might be able to drink... No, I can't say that. She's, a, she's a lightweight. Oh, she's a little, you better watch it. Yeah, I better it be careful. Now. You're going to get in big I had so many there. brownie points at the beginning of this yeah, episode, you did. and I just... You 
threw them away. We just wiped them all out. Hey, right here's there, another so. uh, because you said that they got that wrong. You know that song "Bad to the Bone." Oh yeah, George Thorogood. You bet. Do you know where he got the bad part? Because he was making fun of somebody who stuttered. Yes. Seriously? Yes, absolutely. Yes, dude. Wow. I don't know if it was a relation of him or, or somebody, but there was somebody in the studio that stuttered, and he was making fun of them wow. while they were recording the song, and it, they liked the sound of mm. that they copied it. No that kidding. That they, they stuck with it, I mean, yeah. So that's sort of politically incorrect. That's sort of politically messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you could find that if it's uh, politically correct or if it even says anything. I don't know, but it. look it up. Isn't that messed I up? I just kind of put politically correct. It doesn't really say anything about it. We'll look into that one at another time. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. I just said that because I guessed. But We'll good, fact check that guessed. one for next time. Yeah. We will. George. Well, you know what? I hope he gave the guy credit. Maybe he gave him some publishing credit for it because he should have. I don't know. There you go. Do you remember the song, Fly, Robin, Fly? Fly, Robin, fly. Ah, when you did the bass line? You don't know that song. I don't know that song. Oh, my gosh. That was an early, well, it was actually like a 70s thong, I think. A 70s thong, huh? 70s thong, I think. Jeez. I don't remember. The band was a German band, speaking of German. They were called Silver Convention. And what it says is that they were not able to speak English very well and therefore unable to memorize a page of lyrics. So they did Fly, Robin, Fly, Fly, Robin, Fly, Up, Up to the Sky. That's the entire <laughs> lyric of that song. And it was a massive hit. Are you song. sure they didn't steal this from a, a children's book? Is there anybody out there? No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did not. And that's it. That's pretty much fly, all of them. Fly, Robin, Fly. That, so, yeah. Fly, Robin, Robin fly. fly. Up, Robin, up. up. Up to, to the sky. To the sky. Sometimes it just doesn't matter if you got a groove. There was a songwriter, Michael Johnson, who came out when we were doing our songwriting workshops with Nashville writers. He wrote a song, one of my favorite songs of all time, Bluer Than Blue. Sadder yeah. Than Sad. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant song. And that's what We've he was talked really about that song. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah. yeah. But Michael used to say, and God rest his soul, Michael's no longer wrong. But he used to say a song either depends, uh, quite often, a song depends on the melody and the music, or it might kind of ride, hitch its star to the lyrics. He said when you have a really good song is when you have both. When you, you have know? both. So, and that's true. that's true. I mean, when no. you really have an amazing song, you've got both. But obviously some of these, like Fly Robin Fly was kind of that disco-y groove, and it had a the cool The disco groove. polka? Uh, well, that was both, you know, great lyrics and a great song, too. There. That was a great example. Thank you. Come on and disco polka. Uh, see if you remember that one, folks. Uh, That's from season you'd be one. An early okay. outsider, if you remember that one. That's so. right. That's right. Well, right on, dude. Well, that was interesting. Good episode. Well, maybe what we'll do is we'll either write a song with very little lyrics or else we'll find one to cover for a mini episode at some point in time. That's a good idea. I challenge you next full episode. Mm, a challenge. What are the longest lyrical songs? Oh, you know what? That actually came up. Don't give it and away. And I'm not, well, I'll just tell you how many. Well, I'm, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. Well, don't even do that. Do you, can you, let's I'm just make gonna, them uh, suffer. Let me let you guess, and I'm just going to tell you if you're warmer. I'll or let cold. you let me. This I'm gonna let you let me. This one is a song that had a lot, a lot of words. Oh, I know what it is. No, I don't think you do. I do. But 
No, you don't. What? Hotel California. No, it's not that one. This, this, guess how many words? A thousand. So you're close. You're really close. 982. Well, you, we're not going to dial it in, but oh. you're close. Okay. And, uh, you're getting warmer. Now you got colder, actually. You were, you were warmer with a thousand. 1,285. I want to listen to this song. And as soon as we're done here, I'm going to, we won't, we won't do it. Uh, but then maybe we'll reflect upon it on our next episode. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Good idea. There we go. Is that, that about it today? You got anything what? else then? Are you going to tell us the name of the song or? Oh, I thought you didn't want me to. Oh, I don't want I, you to. Well, I do want you to now that you told me how oh, many. Okay. So Genesis wrote a song in the 70s oh. called Supper's Ready that has a whopping 997 words. That's of course Genesis of would. Yeah. 990. That's like a book. Collins. That's like a book, yeah. Yeah. Well, Bob Dylan always wrote. I don't really ever long. read books over that many pages. Yeah, yeah, I bet you don't, and without lots of pictures too. Right. Let's do some more digging on that. Let's do what... some digging. Well, thank you, folks. Uh, you have been listening to Outside the Mic again. I'm Jarrett Weimer, and I'm Martin Meyer. Uh, thanks for listening. As usual, continue to check us out on Mondays. Watch for that video. Check out our website, outsidethemic.com. And check out YouTube as well. Just look up Outside the Mic on YouTube and other podcast streaming platforms. Thank you. Thank you.